are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Nation and a church collapses when the home collapses. Now, some of you, your husband's walked out or your wife walked out. doesn't mean your home's collapsed. It means someone left. You can still have a home with a mother and a family. You can still have a home with yourself. Every place there's a door uh, enters into a house needs to be a person realizing, I have a home. I have a life. My family is me. My family is my loved ones. My family is my church. My family is my coworkers at work. But when the family unit collapses, and we're seeing it collapse all around us, absent fathers, worldly mothers, people that are into other activities rather than the home and the family, we see destruction of a nation. No nation can slaughter babies like we have for the last 40 some years. Ms. Trevor and I got married 46 years ago. It was illegal to take the life of a baby. Now it's illegal to take the life of a dog. And I'm not suggesting we take the life of a dog. You hurt a cat, you'll be in more trouble than you hurt a baby. The womb is no longer sacred. We lead all countries in the slaughter of babies. We're not gonna push that under the carpet and sweep it under the carpet without the judgment hand of God. Now, I know the internet may take us down pretty soon because that's not accepted vocabulary in this day. A woman's rights. I'm so tired of that nonsense. That's not in the Bible. A woman is to protect the life of a child. And our Constitution says the very first cause, the very, very first step of the Constitution is a preservation of life. Life. We are a nation of life. We are a people of life. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. We further get away from Jesus Christ, we'll get away from truth. So we lie and we get away from life. And life doesn't mean anything. We don't value. Okay, my mother, dad, getting old. Let's just euthanize them. They want to go anyway. And nations and, and, this, and states are now allowing us to get rid of these old people. They are no value to us any longer. That's not what Titus 2 says. They finally have something to say. No, ladies and gentlemen, when the home is destroyed and the very first attack in the Bible from Satan was on the home. He attacked Adam and Eve, a couple, a husband and wife, living in a perfect environment, and he came and he brought destruction to their life. And from that point began to reel out of control that even their son took the life of his brother in, in that first home setting, full destruction. The devil has a plan to destroy every home. Isaac and Rebekah, 
Jacob and Rachel? How about Adam and Eve and David and his wife and David with Bathsheba and consequently all of his children died wicked deaths and violent deaths? How about Solomon and his son Rehoboam? He writes him an entire book called Proverbs. But his dad, his son, rejected everything that dad gave him instruction. How about Hosea, the great man of God, and his wife? And she said, I refuse to be a man of God's wife. I want to play the harlot. One day, after playing the harlot, and the men of the city no longer thought that she was valuable, she was on the auction block, and he says, I'm going to buy her back. That's what Jesus did. He redeemed us. He bought us back because in sin, the Bible says we're all sinners and have come short of the glory of God. But he became the sacrifice for our sin. And God, a father, hung him on a tree and he died to redeem us, Galatians 3.13, from our sin. The fullness of time, God sent forth his son, Galatians 4 to redeem them that were under the law, to save them, to purchase back. We sing redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. We have an illustration here today in a couple, this man and his two sisters, his sister and brother, the home is under destruction. We see it today. The me too, the me too movement is not a God-fearing movement. It's saying that I am I am not for women being abused because the Bible's against that. It's all a front of the destruction of the home. What Mr. Tim Cook said this week, Apple computer, he's a sodomite by the way. As he spoke this past week, he said, it is time that you have no place on our platform. He said, we will remove your content when you promote hate and white supremacy. We're not promoting white supremacy. Look around. Thank God we're an Acts chapter two church. Every nationality here, I could not pastor an all white church. They're difficult folks to get along with. That's not true. They're great. But if you would ask Mr. Job, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Tim Cook, is being a preacher of the gospel to say that sodomy is sin, is that hate? He would say yes. We are moving into a moment in history where the millions that watch this service are not going to have it. Because you can accept sin, but you cannot take a stand against sin. And that day is rapidly approaching us. The home is being redefined. The home is being defined as whatever you want it to be, but that is not Bible. We have a great example here of a brother and another brother and a sister, and they had trouble in the home. May I tell you something about 
Well, I've learned after 43 years pastoring this church, it's not like it used to be. It is constant home family problems. If you come to the next funeral, people go haywire at funerals. I can recall a funeral I had, you would have no idea who the family was several years ago. And at the funeral, I met with the family, uh, adults, met with them all uh, at the day of the death of the last parent. And we sat down and we explained it all. We talked about it, had a plan of attack. They said, we want four songs at the funeral. I said, we can do that. Whatever you want to do, I'll do that. But people don't want to sing four songs at a funeral. Well, yeah, they do. Well, no, they don't. I know that. So they had four. The night before the funeral, went all over it. Here's what the songs we're going to sing. And there was just tension. They're all fighting about what hymns we're going to sing. They finally got it all settled. Showed up the next morning, and they had a printed program. Not one of those four songs were on there. They had a fight that night. It's just crazy. Why can't funerals be a moment of joy? Weddings are easier than funerals. But even weddings, you've got the mother and the stepmother and the ex-mother and the wife and the ex and the father says, I'm sitting in the same row with her. She says, he's not sitting with you. The homes are a mess. Parents upset with children. Children upset with parents. Grandparents. You can't talk to my grandkids. I don't want you seeing them. I mean, in this very room, there has to be scores of you. You're not allowed to talk to your grandkids. Because your son or your son-in-law or your daughter or your daughter-in-law is crazy. And you can't talk to them. We don't want their influence, your influence on their life. Homes are crazy. It's going to be revealed at Christmas. Ask the police department what it's like. They'll be called out to homes because they'll be fighting. They'll be feuding. Aunt Susie shows up. Oh, we have a Susie after I said that. And uh, give another name, Aunt Susie shows up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Aunt Gazelda shows up. I'm going to have to change names. We got too many same names around here now. Brothers and sisters are fighting. My sister's weird. All sisters are weird. That's their job. My two sisters are watching right now. They're great. We live over 2,000 miles apart from both of them now. They're getting better all the time. And they are sweet. Our text, we're talking about learning to pray for your family. And that's what I'm going to come to you in a moment on the subject of praying for your family. The family that says, your mom and dad, you're not allowed to see your kids anymore, grandkids. The family that's caught, cast off the faith of their fathers and mothers. And they mock it. They make fun of it now. When your children are raised and they leave father and mother, and of course we raise kids to release our kids. But your opportunity to give direction is basically over unless they ask for it. 
And even then, I'd be very careful. We have three children, they're all married. You know the app that we have together as a husband and wife now? It's one thing, one area to pray. Oh, we'll give, have, we'll, we'll have the Christmas gifts and we'll do those things. But the greatest thing we do every day for our children and 13 grandkids is we pray for them. It's what we have left. We have the pictures in the house. We have the uh, artifacts in the house for the things that we, they, they left us and, and the keepsakes. But what we have is the throne of grace and that's not that bad a deal. Here's a man, Moses, a great man of God. And Miriam and, and Aaron spake against Moses. Moses was the kid brother. Miriam was the sister that cared for him when he was in the bulrushes as a baby. He had great love and respect for his older sister. Aaron, his older brother, he had great respect. But he married a girl. They didn't like the girl he married. When your brother or sister marries someone that you don't like, keep your mouth shut. What are you going to do? We placed him or we placed her in a position where there's going to be animosity in the home. And so here we have a brother being attacked for whom he married. He married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, spoken only by Moses. Say, why, why, why are you the boss? God just doesn't speak to you. He speaks to us too. And the Bible says, now, the man Moses was very meek. Meek does not mean weak. Meek means he had power. He had power. He was leading the children of Israel. His, his, his painting is in the Supreme Court today. We've been told that he, Moses is one of the great, uh, in a list of 10, he is one of the great uh, eight men of the world's history as he's established. Our, our courts are based off of this Bible that he got from God, received from God. He was a meek man. He had great power, but he placed that power in control. Dad, you, you have great power. You're a father. Mother, you have great power. You're a mother. And parents, grandparents, you have great power, but you put it under control. Well, you just have to understand, that's the way I am. I speak my mind. Aunt Gazelda, we're not interested. He was a meek man. And the Lord spake, what's the next word? Verse four, the Lord spake what? He doesn't like division in the home. God doesn't like division in the home. God, God's not happy when a man raises his fist at his wife. God's not happy when a man threatens his wife. God's not happy when a man intimidates his wife and our children. God's not happy when a woman uh, fights back and claws back at a, at a man and, and, and is difficult. That's, God, God says suddenly, look what he says, and, and suddenly, Lord spake to Moses. He didn't speak to Miriam. He didn't speak to Aaron. He said, Aaron, and to Miriam, I like this. Come out, you three. Hey, you three family members. Come on out here, God says. I like what they do. And the three came out. I guess if God told me, 
I'd have to obey like that too. And the Lord came down. It's getting serious now. In a pillar of the cloud, he stood in the door of the tabernacle and called, now he's calling out, Aaron, Miriam. Starting with three, now he said, I just want to see you two. Can you imagine, I've tried to this week place myself in that feeling, what it must have felt like. If I would have been the two. If my name would have been Miriam or Aaron, I want to see you too. It's sort of like some of you that had the history. <laughs> some of us that had the history of going and being called on the speaker to the principal's office. How many in this room were never called to the principal's office? That's the crowd you have to be careful of right there. I, I, they're suspicious. They're all suspicious looking people. I want to get a picture of all you Pharisees and the lobby after church on the steps. You, you people that just raised your hand that are so perfect. How many? Because you were a good Christian. We're called into the principal's office. Oh, yes. Yeah. Raise and get your hand up, you big sissy. Every man has to be called to the principal's office. I'm trying to create some work for you this week, Brother Panera. And Aaron and Miriam were called out, and he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, and he knew there was, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him. My servant, God's still speaking, is not so. Doesn't mean he wasn't a prophet. There was nothing, no one matched like Moses. Because look at the next verse. My servant Moses is not, who's faithful, he's faithful. With him, with him, with him I will speak. I'll speak to your brother. I'm not going to speak to you right now. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, these two. And he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. Oh, behold, Miriam became leprous. Place yourself in Moses' spot now. He got married. He's now a married man. His brother, his sister, they come and attack him. It's very difficult when you're attacked by family. What a sad thing. He's attacked by family. And God shows up on the scene in a cloud and said, the three of you, come out here. You stay there. You two come over here. And now... His sister gets a reward. Yes. Not, not Moses. Not Moses. Because now his sister became leprous. He loved Miriam. He, she was there that rescued his life as a child. When all the babies of the Jews are supposed to be slaughtered, he, he loved Miriam. He loved Aaron because when God called Moses to speak and to preach, he said, I, 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 I can't, I stutter. God said, who made your mouth? He said, well, can't, do, can't do that. He said, well, I'll give your brother Aaron. He'll, you tell him what to say and he'll say it. He loved Aaron. He loved Miriam. 
And now Miriam's leprous. If you've never been in a leper colony, I wish you could look it up online or something, see it. It's just an awful thing. And I recall the first time stepping into a leper colony. It just, it is, it just leaves you without the words to express when you see people suffering, digits gone, limbs gone, laying on the ground, leprosy that eats away at the body. Now his sister is white with leprosy. In leprosy, Exodus 14, you have to be removed out of the city. You're not allowed to be with the other crowd because you have an infectious disease. And the Bible says, and Aaron said unto Moses, alas. He said, brother, he said, oh my Lord, little L. Brother, you're my master, I beseech ye. Lay not this sin upon us. We have done foolishly. We have sinned. And now I come to Moses' prayer. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. You know what I find in his prayer is what ought to be present in our prayer. There was a demonstration of love. why can't you reunite with a mother or a father, at least attempt? They still may withdraw from you, but may it be on their side, not on your side. When you look the last moment and your mother in that casket or your father in that casket, you don't want to be that I haven't talked to him for four years. I don't know what he did. I don't know what she did. I don't know what happened. I don't know the abuse. I don't know the alcohol. I'm not condoning sin at all. But here was a man that's trying to lead a nation and his own family turned against him and he cried. He's praying out. He said, I I love, I love her. God, she has leprosy. I love my sister. She was there for me. I want to be there for her. Sometimes family can say things that just cut. We had in our Sunday school class in the hospital this morning, our missionaries, the Turners, had a little baby boy. That little baby boy, they're just all absorbed. I guarantee at the hospital, they're probably watching. They're all absorbed with that baby boy. They're going to pour their life into that little baby boy. They're going to feed them and care for them and dress them and teach them and educate them and train them. They're going to the land of Uganda as missionaries. They're going to provide for that boy. They're going to pour their life into those. I I know Abby's mother and dad. I know Brother uh, Caleb's mom and dad, a preacher up in Canada. They've come from good families. They're going to pour their life into that. But that boy one day may break their heart. It might be that Mom spends her 40s and 50s and 60s. Oh, dear God, my wayward son. Last contact I had, he was living in whatever state. Last thing I knew, he got arrested 
Last thing I knew, he was peddling drugs. Last thing I knew, he was an alcoholic. Last thing I knew, he was in trouble. I tried to go see him, but he forbid me to come. I went to the jail. I went to the prison where he was, and he said, I don't want to see her. I don't want to see him. And there are scores of you in this room that you know what I'm talking about, and there are scores that will know what I'm talking about. But he demonstrated love in the midst of his hurt. God, heal her. Please, God, heal my son. Please, God, restore my daughter. Please, God, she's a drug addict. Please help her. I wonder when the last time that we took time for a, a loved one, a family member, that here's a prayer of a man for his family, heal her. He didn't say, yeah, you got her. Nailed her now. Go after my brother. Get him next. Yeah, he lost his job. Yeah, he's bankrupt. Yeah, he's having poor health. Yeah, he has, he has some disease now. Yeah, that's right. Go get him, God. Go get him. What kind of behavior is that? His prayer demonstrated love. His prayer demonstrated ag agony. Look at verse 13. And the Lord, and Moses, Moses, what's the next word? Cried. Agony. God, I don't like this. There was emotion in it. It was crying. And he said, I beseech thee. I'm begging you. Go, dear God, I'm begging you. Begging is endurance. I'm staying at this. God, my wife. She hates me. I think you'd be shocked in a year's time how many times I deal with men that say my wife hates me or my husband hates me. We live in the same house. They hate me. Hate. They just hate me. Pastor, what should I do? cry. I can promise you this because the older you get the more burdens you carry. I can promise you this I know all over our house in the midnight hour. I know how to go down those steps in the dark of the night hanging on to that rail. And I know how to walk all over that downstairs in the darkness of the night, oh dear God, and calling out to God for this family in our church and this, this young boy in our church and this young girl in our church and, and this, this couple in our church and this family member, this family member that's suffering, this, this adult mother and dad that did the best and tried to do right and then they get paid back with nothing but sorrow, dear God, Help them to rest tonight. That's my job. As a shepherd of the flock, I'm not a hero, but I'd rather have you sleep and me awake than you, me sleep and you're awake. Most of you in this room, if you're any age at all, you've raised kids, you know what it's like to have a, a night where you can't sleep and they're concerned. Talk, say what you want. You're worried. I'm not supposed to worry. I know. But we're human. It 
His prayer demonstrated agony. His prayer demonstrated love. His prayer demonstrated patience. Look at verse 14. The Lord said unto Moses, if her father had spit in her face, that was a, a statement of her dad dealing with a problem. Should she not be ashamed seven days? That seven days is a complete time in the number. Let her be shut out of the camp for seven days. And Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days. You know, there's always consequences with sins. But I like what this brother said. Look at verse 15. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. There's sometimes everything stops, everything halts. Or sometimes you've got to put your family back together. And, and, and sometimes we just, your husband and wife, please, please, I'm the first one. Everybody ought to be serving God. But if you and your wife can't even get along, maybe, maybe for a season, you ought to give up the Sunday school class and sit Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, sit together and not give up the Sunday school class so you're not in church, but give up the Sunday school class so you can be more in the house of God. And be still. And maybe you have to feel, recognize that in your marriage, it's all based on activity and fun and what we're gonna do tonight. And maybe you ought to just stay still and talk and laugh and play a, a, a monopoly together, something to enjoy time together. I think a lot of times we think, oh, we're having marital problems, so if we go to Hawaii, everything's gonna be okay. No, you'll come back, you have to pay the bills. That journey, and you know what affects everybody? We're, 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 not, we're not moving. We're not going forward until we get this dealt with right here. You're, 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 you're important to us. We'll just be still. There's so many things right now I was driving yesterday afternoon praying. There's so many things I'm trying to be still on right now that I want to do for this church. But I have to be still. I can't over push. Oh, there has to be vision, but I can't over push and over shove. I've got to know exactly how the sheep can be brought along and follow the shepherd. And maybe for the sheep, they've been walking and walking and going and going and climbing and climbing. Maybe it's time to get in a sheepfold and rest. And I'm not trying to talk you out of serving God. But we're not gonna go forward till we get this thing taken care of. His prayer indicated we'll be patient. All right, wife, you have to go to a rehab. All right, son, you're a drug addict. All right, son, you've got to go to prison for six years. I'll be there, son. I'm coming to see you. All right, dad, you're in jail. Count on me daily, I'll be praying. Count on me, I'll write you. Count on me, I'll get there to see you in jail. You're on that side of the glass, I'm on this side, but dad, you're my dad. His prayer 
It was a prayer of love. His prayer was a prayer of agony. His prayer was a prayer of patience. His prayer was a prayer of forgiveness. For my Bible makes it very clear in verse 15 and 16 that I'm not going forward to can take my sister with me. She's my sister. I love Miriam. What a danger we live in today because a loved one in our family has so broken our heart and now they're lepers and we're happy. Yeah, my old man got what he deserved. My old lady got what she deserved. You never call your parents names like that. My wife's been so, so terrible. Yeah, she got what she deserved. Huh. You don't see that in Moses' prayer for his family. Well, I'm asking you at three minutes after 12 on this Sunday morning that if we're going to have a year of 2019 that's an amazing year individually in our homes and our church, we're going to start getting very serious about praying for our family. Praying for our family. Our mates, our children, their mates, our grandchildren. I, I, please, I'm not, I'm not, we'll join health clubs and we'll try to lose the weight in January. I know that. My, I know what we all do. But you know, a better health program would not be walking and running, but kneeling. I said, God, I can't eat right now. I can't eat. I don't want breakfast today. I want to intercede for my son. Now, Lord, it's lunchtime. I just can't eat. I want to pray. And we'll spend money on trying to lose weight when maybe if we prayed. I start missing some meals. I'm not going to harangue you with this one. I am so overburdened with America right now. And we've been promised with the new Congress it's going to be worse than better. I'm so burdened for our country. I'm burdened that churches are closing record numbers. I'm burdened that preachers are leaving the ministry. My prayer journal is so sad. I look at this name and I put a line through it. It's gone. I was going through my prayer journal this morning, preachers, and looking at the different lines. That, uh, I, this man's no longer a pastor. We don't need less preachers. We don't need less churches. We don't need less righteousness. All I hope this nation has is prayer. All I hope your home and my home has is prayer. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.